story brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals who have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T, and my guest today is Edwin Carrion. Edwin is a God-made millionaire who was born with an entrepreneurial spirit, started at the age of 14. He's been a family-oriented investor and mentor. He's also been a U.S. Marine and a chief executive officer, chief financial officer, president and vice president of several significantly privately owned companies and a lot of managing of operations and startups and mentoring. How are you today, Edwin? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent, Johnny. Thank you for having me here today. First and foremost, let me thank you for your service. Today, in this day and age, I think it's so important that we recognize the time and the effort and the sacrifices that you've made to serve your country, and God bless you for that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So you've had this entrepreneurial spirit for pretty much your whole life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It started at a very young age. That was, I believe, right upon me because uh, I saw my mother. You know, I was raised by a single mother, and she, she worked very hard uh, by herself. At the beginning, when she came to this country, she started an insurance company and just watching her work by herself, trying to run a business and take care of two kids while, you know, we were growing up, that kind of pushed me to figure out a way of create some type of income. So I like that. I could help her out and I'm not a burden to her while I was growing up. Yeah, I recognize that too. I grew up in a similar situation and I really understand that sense of that burden of responsibility on your shoulders because you see how hard it is for your mom to make ends meet. There were tough times. Yes. You say that you're a God-made millionaire. So obviously your faith has played a huge role in your life. So tell me about that journey of faith. Well, for the first thing, uh, the reason I say I'm a God-made millionaire is because I have to give all the glory to God. I am where I am today, thanks to my faith and thanks for me of having that relationship with God. And I wouldn't, you know, look at any other way. Before, when I was younger, I used to say I'm a self-made millionaire. But when I said that, that meant that I walked away from my faith. I wasn't, as, I wasn't having the relationship with God that I needed to have. And I lost everything and I went bankrupt. So after I went bankrupt and uh, I became humble again, and then I realized that. I always need to stay humble. I need to stay grounded. I need to keep my faith and my God really close to me that he will give me all the desires of my heart. Not too long right after when going bankrupt and after I realized that, I decided to just claim the title of God made millionaire. And like that, bring out the message to everyone that if we trust in God, if we trust in a higher power, if we trust in, uh, in whatever we believe in, then we could get all the desires of our heart. You said something there that the, the Bible talks about. It says pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We do have to be careful. You know, with success comes those challenges of status and recognition and things like that. But you're so right. We have to stay focused on where our success comes from. So how would you define success from that perspective? The success uh, comes in all different matters, and it's not just financially. To me, success, I am a God-made millionaire, not because of the financial status that I have, but mostly because of, of the life that I live. I live a life where I always say I live life to the fullest. And that means that I am blessed in all areas of my life. I am blessed because I have a beautiful uh, roof over my head. I am blessed because I have a good relationship with God. I'm blessed because the relationship that I have with my wife, I have been able to maintain it. We have been 
together for 11 years now, that in itself is a huge milestone compared to a lot of people in the world nowadays. Yeah, I, I was raised as a, you know with a single mother and I, I was never, I never had a father figure around me and because of God and because my wife and because you know me trying to always better myself, I could say that I'm a pretty good father and I'm always there you know, for, for the main events. I'm all, I try to be as present as I can with them. And the other one, as far as me, I'm extremely happy with my life, with myself, because I have accomplished pretty much 90% of the things that I, that I wanted to accomplish. And again, every time I accomplish something, why, why, uh, I accomplish one of my dreams, there's a new one that comes up. But that doesn't mean that if today I were to die and I'm dying on, on my deathbed, instead of saying, you know, I should have done this or I could have done that, I know I'm going to say, you know, what a life that I, what an amazing life. I had and what a legacy I'm leaving behind because I was able to share all my experiences with all these people and I was able to create amazing memories with my family, with my kids, with my wife, and also leaving them financially stable at the same time. Yeah, that's a lot of blessings for sure to be thankful for. You talked about the relationship that you have with God, our father, and yet growing up without a father. So did you find that difficult when you came to that place of faith in your life where you gave your heart over to God and recognized God as your father? How big of a gap was that for you to make? How big of a leap of faith was that for you to make without having a role model to kind of frame God as your father? Yes, yes. No, I, I completely understand what you're asking. And and first, let me say that uh, I was raised Catholic um, in Ecuador. I came to the United States when I was 12 years old. So I always had that belief that I knew God existed and I knew he was part of our lives and, and everyone's lives, uh, for the matter of fact. I, and I never lacked uh, having a father because my mother did everything she could to mm. make sure that we did not miss that father figure. I know I had to step up to the plane and be the man of the house. But growing up, I really didn't miss not having a father. I didn't look at her. You know what? I'm missing a father figure or something like that. But I did not realize how powerful God was in my life until I had 18 years old. I got arrested for trying to steal things, uh, rims. I, I always say that I was trying to steal some rims because it never happened, but I got arrested anyways. And when I came home that night, I got on my knees and I prayed and I said, God, please forgive me. I swear to you, since this moment forward, I will never do something like this again. Mm. I will be the best person that I could be. Just please forgive me. And that day, I felt God touching me. Like It was right. like, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about this, this moment when they see God and when they feel God. That was the moment that I, and I always get goosebumps every time I tell the story, <laughs> no matter how many times I say it. That was my moment of feeling God and having God in my life that I realized, wow, all I have to do is just talk to him and ask for things, and he will be there for me. The Bible says that we should have faith like children, a very simple faith, very relational type of faith with God. Like you and I are talking, we can talk to God on that level as well. And, and he's there and he listens and he interacts with us as frequently as we want to interact with him. When that change happened in your life, I'm sure that you started to see changes you and your family started to see changes in you. And as those changes grew into a deeper faith and a deeper walk with God, how did you tangibly see the difference and what kind of doors started to open for you towards that journey of success in business and things like that? 
I mean, the, the change was like instant. I, I could tell you that prior to that happening, yes, I, I was working as a DJ. I have my small DJ company with a couple of DJs working here and there. I really wasn't going to school. Um, I, I said, like every, every young person says at that time, let me just take a year off. Let me do something like this. But right mm-hmm. after that, I said I was going to join the military because I, I felt so ashamed of what had happened that I wanted to leave and just go somewhere else so I could change my life. But right after that, I enrolled in college. I started going to college to become a paralegal because I wanted to be an attorney. I started working for an attorney and, and I was learning so much. I was going to college. I was becoming an attorney. And at the same time, I was my, my DJ company started growing a lot. I started having all these uh, parties that I never had before, uh, DJing at radio, st- radio stations, uh, DJing at clubs. So I started growing really fast in, in my DJ business as well. So I saw the changes right away. But then at the same time, again, I started, it's like I made that promise to God, but then I kind of started walking away from my faith, I realized. And then that's when it happened. And now that I'm, we're talking about God, you know, I have to kind of put it on this, this terms, that a year later, the recruiter comes to me. He's like, okay, now it's time for you to go to the military. I didn't really have to, but then I ended up going to the military. But while I was in the military, in boot camp, they gave me a choice. I'm like, God, you know, do I need to be here or not? And then they gave me a choice. You came here uh, not voluntarily, so you have the option to go back or stay here. So I said, you know, I'm here already. Let me make the best out of it. And I was four and a half years in the Marine Corps, and I had the best career. I had, like, the career that nobody has. Like, only, like, the top 10% of the Marines get to have an experience. That's the life that I had in the Marine Corps. I had, like, the best experience. I traveled the world. I... Got to go to the American embassies. I got to meet the president of the United States, President Bill Clinton, hang out with high-end dignitaries, FBI, CIA, DEA. So I had an amazing career. I got to go up and rank so fast that I was like, wow, you know, everything that I wanted, I was getting it. And my faith was stronger because at that time I needed to have my faith very strong because as a 19-year-old kid, I'm alone. I'm, I'm away from my family and I'm away from my family for the next four years. So the only person that, that is with me at that time was my father, which is God. He's there with me. He's taking care of me. He's making sure that uh, when Kosovo happens, I didn't have to go to war. You know, I stayed on the back. He makes sure that I got selected to become a Marine security guard and, you know, guard the American embassies around the world. So it was such an amazing experience that that happened right after that. You always hear about faith in the military being a big part of soldiers' lives, whether they're believers or not. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's any soldier that wouldn't say that God didn't exist, especially in a situation if they're in a firefight or something like the saying says there's no atheists in foxholes, right? No. How was your experience with that? Did you find a good group to hang out with of other believers that helped to build your faith while you were there? Um, Yes and no. Um, Not so much a a group of believers, but I, I was surrounded by a very good group of Marines. And, and that group of Marines was so amazing because in the military, th- there's two ways that you could go. You could go the one way, which, you know, most of them, you become a drunk and alcoholic and just do the, the bad things and end up being bad. Or you could become really good and excel a lot. So to me, that was my thing, you know, being 18, 19 years old at a different country, you know, we're doing uh, good things. We're not drinking and getting drunk all the time. Actually, you know, one of the good things that I met this very good friend of mine, and he, he was very close to that as well. And he taught me how to have fun without having to drink. He's like, you know, you could go to a club, you could have fun and you don't have to drink. And that's like one of the biggest things I learned that 
I did not need alcohol in my life to, to have fun, to, to be able to dance in front of people. I didn't need any of that. So, you know, that helped out tremendously for the rest of my career and the rest of my life, pretty much. God does build us up. He finds the areas that we need strength in, and he gives us that strength to, to overcome those fears and you know, struggles that we may have, right? And, and whatever that might be. Yes. So once you got out of the military, you're walking in, in those new expectations for yourself that you have and, and like that strength that you have. How did God open doors? How did he lead and guide you through those next stages of your life? Well, that's uh, right after I got out of the Marine Corps, I got into real estate development. My mother, she took out a line of credit from her house. She let me borrow $100,000. She's like, okay, going to be a developer. So I grew really fast. I grew really fast in less than four years. I turned that into over $20 million. And then that's when, you know, the, the market bubble happened and I lost everything. I went bankrupt. But the bank, going bankrupt was such a humbling moment because, like I mentioned before at the beginning, Mm-hmm. I wasn't really walking the path of God. I was claiming to be self-made right. and thinking that I did everything by myself and I wasn't giving credit uh, and the glory to God. And also I wasn't giving credit to the people that really helped me grow, the people that supported me, the people below me that worked for me, that did everything for me. So God took all of that away from me, humbled me down. So I like, listen, you need to humble down. <laughs> this is what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you need to go back and, get out of your million dollar house and go live in one of those small houses that you build and stop driving the nice brand new car and go drive one of the trucks that your, your foreman used to drive and see how it feels. And then once you realize how it feels and how you're supposed to take care of them and what you're doing, then, you know, I'm going to give you another opportunity. So the opportunity came right away because I realized what I was doing. And again, you know, got closer to God and then sure enough, um, less than a year right after going bankrupt, I got this amazing opportunity that a good friend of mine from the Marine Corps comes. Let's go into the gold buying business. And mm. sure enough, go into the gold buying business. And in less than two years, we made the company. We were making over $15 million in revenue, had 14 stores throughout the United States, wow. had a franchise model, was able to sell the company in 2014. During that time, I met the, the love of my life, my <laughs> wife, this, this, this dream girl that I always wanted to be with. Uh, and exactly the way I wanted her and a very godly woman, which is the most important thing that she mm. got me closer to have my relationship with God. She, she pulled me closer to God because of her faith. Her relationship with God is so strong. I just married another God made millionaire right there. So it, it was amazing. She, her faith to, to God is so close. So amazing. So important. Then, it is. It is. And then from there, you know, again, I know I asked God, God gave me my other gift, which I told God, I want to have kids, but uh, the kids that I want to have, I only want girls. And sure enough, God gave me just two girls, two beautiful girls. And that's how, how powerful God is when you, when you ask something and you, you tell him. He'll give you the desires of your heart. You just have to ask and you have to be out there and you just have to have that faith that you're going to get it. As long, as long as our requests are in line with his will. You yeah, know, I, I mean, we could all ask to be... God made millionaires, but it's not necessarily his will for all of us, right? Correct. That is true. And, and, and get God, you know, every time we ask for something, he'll send us signs and we just have to act on them as well, because it's like the story. We all know the story of the, the guy that uh, his boat sank and he's in the middle of the ocean, right? Asking mm. for God to help and nobody, you know, God sends him three ships and he doesn't take advantage. He doesn't. So, you know, it happens to a lot of us. You have to have ears to hear and eyes to see. The Bible tells us 
You've brushed shoulders with a lot of different people at different levels of life, from the tradespeople working for you to, as you said, presidents and people in embassies, leaders around the world. Is there a common theme that you would see through everybody's life for those who don't necessarily know God the way that you know God? For somebody that's listening today and they're listening, they're saying, yeah, that's awesome for him. God hears him and God answers all his prayers and stuff, but he doesn't know what I'm going through. Would there be something that would come to mind? What would you say to those people who are struggling to find that relationship with God and start that journey the way that you did? I love that question. And thank you for asking that. Um, the, the one thing is that we're all interconnected in one way or another one. And only because you see somebody else, you know, being more successful than you, the more money, more problems, it's real. So sometimes mm-hmm. you might be struggling because you lost your job, but the person that it's the business owner, he might be struggling and he has to f- figure out how he's, he doesn't lay off 50 of his employees. So we all struggle at different levels in our life. The struggles just get bigger. But the thing is that uh, as, as we grow and as, as, we con- you know, as life continues, we learn to deal with the struggles in a different way and we learn to overcome those struggles. But to me, the main thing is that as long as we never give up and we continue having that faith that God is going to come through for us, I think that's the most important thing that we need to realize. But, you know, we're all the same. We're all connected in one way or another way. I mean, at the beginning when we started talking, uh, and I was telling you that I was raised by a single mother, and you said, you know, I had the same story. So, again, it goes back to what I was saying. We are all, all connected in one way or another. We all have suffered. We all have gone through the same things in life at different stages in our life, you know, we all have been cheated on. I have been cheated on. These things happen in one way or another one, and we all could relate to each other because of that. There's a lot of truth in that for sure, because God says that he creates us all in his image. So we're all going to have a little piece of God's character and personality, if you want to call it that. In each of us, I look at people as being different expressions of God. We talked earlier about our Wednesday night group meeting, and we were talking about being predestined. God predestines us to know him and to walk as vessels of his glory in this world. Some people, it becomes a real easy walk and don't have great big challenges on that journey. And other people, they have to kick and scrap and crawl to get there. But yet we'll all get there if we recognize, as you said, the times when God brings the boats in our life or God crosses our path with other people who know God or who have something to say from God. It's so important that we have, as I said earlier, our eyes and ears open to hear what God has to say. Could be through a conversation, could be through something you read, could be through something you watched on TV or in a movie, maybe or listen to in a song. God speaks to us in so many ways. That's why one of my core values is always, and I always teach this to everybody, all my employees, because it's part of my company's core values is that we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And God gave us two ears and one mouth is to talk less and listen more. There's definitely a lot of truth in that. Just to wrap things up, what would you say to the people that are going to be hearing this interview and when it gets published, what would you say to them in the light of the way the world is right now? We've gone through a dark couple of years with covid Some people have lost their jobs. Some people have had family members that have died because of COVID. Some people's companies have gone bankrupt. Stores or private businesses and small businesses have been decimated in your country and my country because of it. What message of hope would you give 
for those people at this time as society starts to open up a little more? What kind of counsel would you give them? I will say, take every day as is your last day because God gives us certain struggles and certain hurdles in life for a reason. To me, COVID was a huge blessing because I was living in New Jersey when COVID happened and I was working a lot. So I wasn't spending as much time with my family as I love to. COVID made me work from home. Now I get to spend breakfast, lunch, dinner with my family and my kids every single day. It changed the world completely for everybody. A lot of people are working remotely. A lot of people left the jobs that they weren't happy and are able to start, you know, with new opportunities in new life. So to me, it's, let's learn to live life to the fullest. Let's enjoy life like it's the last day on earth. Let's make the best out of it. Let's complain less. And the more that we're grateful for everything that we have, the more that we're happy for our lives, the more that we're happy for everything around us, for everyone around us, the more blessings, the more things that come our way. Well, thank you so much, Edwin. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. I really want to encourage people. If one, somebody wants to get a hold of you, do you have a, uh, a website or something like that? Any kind of place that you offer advice or something? Is that, How would people get a hold of you if they wanted to find out more about the social media and that? Yes, yes. Um, my website is edwincarrion.com. And you can always find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Edwin Carrion, 78. I'm very approachable and very reachable. If you need to ask me questions, just send me a message. And that's another thing too, that only because I'm at a different level, that doesn't mean you cannot reach and ask a question. All you have to do is ask. And everyone in this world, I have acquaintances of people that I know that are 10 times my level. And one thing that I have learned is that all you need to do is just ask. And you know, if people are, have a good heart, a lot of people have a great heart that, you know, the bigger that they get, the more that they want to help out, but you just need to reach out and ask and don't be afraid of asking and just reaching out because the one thing that you might ask and the one answer that you might get might change your whole life. I agree. And that's God's nature too. We just need to ask him. Yes. Well, amen, brother. Thank you so much for being here and, and God bless you and God bless your family and all that you do for him. Thank you. Thank you for again for having me here and Everyone listening to this, thank you for giving me the opportunity and thank you for, for listening to me and God bless you. Amen.
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.